he is just kind of like, I don't know, walking. He walks. Yeah, sorry. Oh, my God. He's walking. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hang on. Ooh, it helps if I have my headphones on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's much better. Good. What did you open just as you started the recording? Oh, it is just a seltzer, a CBD seltzer today. Nice. For this challenging episode. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I like your nickname, Purple Toupee. Thank you. It's fantastic. It's an excellent song. Although now my association with that song is when we were at a TMBG concert and I got food poisoning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> That really sucked. <laughs> I was so sad because I love that song, and I was like, ah, oh, I need Aww. to leave now. <laughs> no. Yep. Boo. Good times. Yeah. 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 How are you today? Okay. We just met with a realtor about Excellent. my mom's condo. You know her or knew her. I did. Yeah. And it, your mom and the real estate yes. agent, for that matter. <laughs> Not just your mom. You knew both of them. Yeah. So she had a look around and was like, uh maybe if you clean it, it'll go better. And I was like, I'll do that tomorrow. So I got to go up there after work tomorrow and clean. I thought you'd hired people to clean it. We hired them to get rid of the stuff. Oh, right. And you said they were like in a vacuum or something. But Yeah, but they did a shitty job gotcha. vacuuming too. But I don't, oh, I, okay. I don't really blame them anyway. It's like, <laughs> those carpets are so bad. Who, That's annoying. Whoever wants to buy this condo, I'm sure you're listening <laughs> get new carpets do you need the carpet shampooer that i was going to reclaim from colin for ourselves but can instead lend to you <laughs> you haven't done that yet <laughs> all week i've been meaning to get over there and i'm like well i'm gonna see him on friday anyway so i might as well just wait till friday and then we didn't actually get together on friday so yeah. maybe i'll get it today yeah i'm not in any big hurry our carpets aren't that bad <laughs> i don't know i'm not sure if it's worth even bothering to do yeah. it but she was like at least clean the surfaces and stuff and i was like cool i can do that yeah. fair yeah so. Good times. Yeah, how are you doing? Good times. I am. I am good. Now, I was uh, this this episode. To be honest, this was a really difficult episode for me, uh -huh. and I was feeling pretty bad at the end. I'm not usually somebody who is triggered by the themes, and I will give my full trigger warning in a minute. But yeah. this was really triggering for me due to some stuff with a family member, and so I was feeling super bummed. But I took some Xanax as prescribed by my doctor, and then I got on the treadmill for a while and watched Lower Decks while I went for a run, and I am feeling much much better now that's good lower decks is a good yeah. palate cleanser lower decks is oh, i love that show so much and i cannot wait for the next season to start which will already have happened by the time this comes out oh yeah 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 so i'm doing good yeah yeah Speaking of this bummer of an episode, yes, <laughs> I guess that there can be a that, segue. That is what we are speaking of today. What are we talking about today, Kathy? Stargate SG One Season Four Episode Eighteen: The Light. Yes. So, as promised, here's our trigger warning. This was a rough episode. Uh, I'm hoping that our recap will not be as difficult as the episode itself, but it does deal with themes of suicide and addiction. So trigger warning for that. In the U.S., if you're struggling with either of these issues or know somebody who is, you can call the uh, suicide helpline, which is 800 273 
888-528-8255. Or we actually have a new emergency number now, which is 988, which you can text, chat, or call. Although, fair warning with that, I have heard that this will also result in the dispatch of police to your address. And of course, in this country, all police are armed, whether they should be or not. So if that is an issue for you, then maybe stick with just calling that first 800 number, or you can call 211 for additional crisis services regarding addiction, abuse, and all that kind of stuff. For our friends in other countries, or even here in the U.S., you can actually go to www.helpguide.org slash find-help.htm. When I was a health coach, this website is actually one that I would use frequently as a resource for my clients in crisis. So I do think that they're a very good resource as well. You can get crisis numbers for suicide prevention, addiction, abuse, and a lot of other issues in different countries at that website. Or you can also go to suicide.org for suicide-specific numbers in your country. There we go. The episode begins with a lot of alarms. It's the outgoing alarm sound. They're dialing out to go to a planet. Jack comes in and finds some guy named Barber and hands him some money and asks him to give it to Daniel when he sees Daniel. Turns out that Jack has lost a bet and owes Daniel some money. Sam wants to know what they bet on. And Jack's like, oh, it's just uh, sports related. He'll know what it means. Barber says, yep, he'll give it to Daniel. And it is pretty notable that this guy named Barber is looking oddly nervous. Sam's prodding Jack for more information about the bet, and he's being very ambiguous and tries to convince her that it was just curling. You know, totally normal sport for Americans to be watching curling. The Chevrons continue to lock. (laughs) Sam, by continuing to question Jack, figures that their bet was actually on whether or not she would go to this trip or take some time off, which is what Jack is planning to do. Sam's a little insulted that they're betting on her. Finally, the gate finishes dialing, the chevrons lock, the puddle forms, and Barbara runs right up into the puddle as it is forming. So he turns himself into a pair of feet shoes, uh, except that no feet shoes remain behind, nor does the money that Jack just gave him. So So sucks on multiple levels. So he is now deceased. Yep. Uplifting start to the episode. Yes. Yeah. Next, we see Daniel and the team that was with him on this planet come back. Daniel has something he wants to show Jack, but yeah. Jack's like, there's been an incident. And Daniel's like, yeah, I know, but but this thing, it's super important. There's this light. And Jack drops the bomb that Barber is dead and ushers him to come along to the briefing room where they end up next. General Hammond would like to know if this young man had been showing any signs of depression or anything like that daniel said he was totally fine how would they have necessarily even I known though don't like know. you can hide you can hide depression very well what? especially from people that you don't know and in professional settings what? and if you have to like you would have to in the military what yeah this all right? sounds just unbelievable i know right <laughs> i can't believe what i'm hearing Yeah, so Daniel's like, he's fine. They realized he'd only been back on Earth for two days. And all he was doing was waiting for a translation from Teal to bring back to Daniel. Which I don't know why he needed to physically be there for that. But that... (laughs) I was wondering about that too. (laughs) But whatever. 
Daniel repeats that he doesn't think that Barber was suicidal. He was better than fine. Nobody else noticed anything either. Hammond's like, well, we're going to investigate, but these questions often go unanswered. So let's move on to this Gould Palace on the other planet. Tilk asks if there are any signs of Gould activity, and Daniel says no, there's been no one there for hundreds of years. He brings up again this light he saw that is absolutely stunning. He has ideas about its purpose, but he does not know for sure, and he brought back with him this, what he calls a Gould handheld computer. He needs help with doing some more translating with Tilk. So they're going to work on that and brush aside for the moment the death of their colleague. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good times. Yeah. Later on in Daniel's office, Daniel and Tilk are working. Tilk is watching some footage of recordings that were taken on the planet. Jack comes in and asks Tilk what he's watching. And he has noticed that there's a shadow of somebody running around in the background. Somebody who's not supposed to be there because they are unaccounted for in the list of people that would have been on this mission. Daniel is getting increasingly frustrated by his inability to figure out how to work the remote computer type thing. Jack jokingly asks if he checked the batteries. Daniel's just pissed off. Jack and Tilk are giving each other concerned looks about how agitated Daniel is seeming. And Daniel storms out of the room saying that he's going to talk to General Hammond because leaving tomorrow as planned is just not good enough. Eep. Yes. Yeah. So he does go to see Hammond. Jack accompanied him. Hammond is concerned that Daniel has not slept. Sleep is important. Very important for physical and mental health. Very, very important. Yes. Yes. In addition to his lack of sleep, I guess SG-1 has been at it hard for weeks. So they really could use the rest. Yes. Daniel's like, no, I'm fine. I really need to figure out this device. I need to go. Hammond's like, you can go tomorrow. Daniel's like, that's not good enough again. Jack tries to play interference here. And he's like, thanks for your time, sir. But Daniel continues on and gets really angry and tells Hammond that it's beyond his comprehension how anybody like him who has so much power can miss the point entirely. Ugh. Whatever that is. Yeah. So this is the second episode in a row, right, where Daniel, in, for some reason, and in some way, is acting kind of like a giant ass. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too much Daniel is an ass in a row. <laughs> Agree. Hammond sort of shuts Daniel up by saying he's spent the last two hours writing a letter to Barber's family about his death and how he can't really say anything about it at all. And asks, do you get the point? Jack speaks for him and says he does. And Hammond orders Jack to get Daniel out of there. So they leave. Later on in the control room, Hammond wants to know what the delay is because SG three quarters, all but Daniel, are there. After Daniel was so adamant that they really needed to go back to the other planet. Now, it's kind of strange that he didn't show up for their embarkation time. So Jack's going to go take a look for him. Because Daniel's not answering his phone. This scene is the one that I found to be the most difficult of the entire episode. And I actually just almost stopped watching the episode. But I powered through because (laughs) we needed to do this podcast. Jack goes into the apartment. He notices that the door is ajar. Why the door would have been ajar? That makes no sense anyway. But there's evidence that Daniel just hasn't 
left for the day. His glasses are still there. His tea kettle is whistling on the stove. It almost looks like the apartment was just suddenly abandoned, except that it turns out that Daniel is in fact still there and he is standing on the balcony on the wrong side of the railing talking about how none of it means anything. Jack, of course, is very alarmed, very slowly and quietly approaches Daniel and calmly tries to talk him into accompanying Jack back inside. Daniel's talking about how it just doesn't go away. They go back and forth a little bit until Daniel suddenly kind of seems to come to his senses a little bit. He he was kind of uh, a little bit dazed and confused and all of a sudden it's almost like he wakes up and he asks for Jack and Jack's like, yeah, I'm here. And Jack was able to get Daniel to come back inside. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Do you think they turned the tea kettle off before they left? I hope so. Because <laughs> I was thinking about how I've ruined two tea kettles in my life by just leaving them on the stove boiling and forgetting yeah. they're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to move that off yeah. before it just completely runs out of water like you can start a fire that way so yeah. i would hope that they would have removed it so that they didn't burn down daniel's apartment and give him yet another thing that he would need to worry about on yeah. top of everything else he's going through yeah yeah that's my the only fun thing i could think about in that scene and none of it is fun <laughs> so his apartment was very pretty i liked it that was nice also i didn't see any yeah. fish this time either there were no fish maybe he <laughs> just realized you know what i can't keep these things alive anyway so jack gets daniel back to the sgc and he's in the infirmary laying in bed i think he's asleep or unconscious i don't know dr frazier says that she's given him a pet scan and that his neurological activity is slowing and that neurotransmitter relay transmitters relay messages within the body too many or too few of these transmissions can result in anxiety depression or other emotional or physical disorders that is actually true okay cool yeah mm -hmm. all right there's a whole bunch of different types of neurotransmitters and imbalances between the different types is what accounts for pretty much every neurological disorder gotcha that we have awesome thank you yeah uh-huh yeah because i was like i don't know i'm gonna defer to mary on that one yeah it actually can it not and i'm not talking to like just mental health issues but things like parkinson's is a result of too little dopamine also so it can cause like a bunch of different issues gotcha jack asks dr fraser if this has anything to do with barber's thing and Dr. Frazier reveals that the rest of SG5 are also having similar symptoms to Daniel. Yikes. So, yeah, seems seems related. Fortunately, she says it doesn't seem to be the result of a contagion, but she doesn't know beyond that what it could be. She says that their systems are void of any foreign substances, and the malp readings all seem pretty normal. Jack's like, maybe we can come up with something. If we retrace SG5 steps. I will add here, though, that she's talking about like shifts in their their neurotransmitter levels. And that's actually not something that you can readily just measure on a person because they're very localized within synapses. They're not like systemic. You can't do like a blood draw to figure out what someone's neurotransmitter levels are ah. in their brain. So okay. what they're talking about here with her ability to determine their neurotransmitter <laughs> levels, that's all garbage. Okay, okay. 
Jack wants to go back to the planet. Hammond is hesitant, but Jack pushes it. And Dr. Frazier chimes in that if their brain function continues to fail, they could be facing a worst-case scenario. Hammond then says, cool, of course you've made your case, Jack. Go ahead. So they're going to go back to the planet and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Hmm, good times. Yeah. Yep. On the other planet, they're in a very pretty palace. It's got some really cool-looking tall black columns. There's a lot of hieroglyphics. Not really Egyptian hieroglyphics, but some other type of ancient writing that looks kind of cool on them. And there's, like, lots of red curtains and stuff everywhere. It's very pretty. Yeah. I agreed. They come through in full hazmat, but they figure out after doing some readings that whatever it is that was affecting Daniel is not in the air. They take their masks off and start to explore. They see a kid run by and they're like, oh, well, that's just a kid. He's probably scared. Maybe we should go figure out what his deal is. They start to explore the building and also are kind of looking for the kid in the process. And they find this room that's got all kinds of light it almost looks like water pouring but it's not actually water it's like a i don't know Hmm. like very flowy pretty lights yeah purple and pink and pretty colors very beautiful and they're all kind of mesmerized by it they're not detecting any radiation or anything other than visible light so sam figures that it must just be completely safe and decorative probably not anything dangerous tilk wants to know how anything so beautiful could be dangerous o'neill he doesn't believe that that would be possible they are all kind of just standing around looking mesmerized by it jack manages to break himself away from it first and says let's go so they continue their exploration of this palace Yes. I want one of these things in my living room, but without all of the extra terrible, (laughs) without all the extra terrible effects that come along with it. I just want something this cool and fun in my living room as a decoration. (laughs) It would be fun. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But without all the extra stuff that comes with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No need for the rest of that. Nope. They're walking along. Sam is talking. She wants to do more analysis on the light. She thinks maybe there's going to be some relationship between it and what's going on with Daniel. Even though it's not dangerous, there's something about it. But at that moment, she spots there's a door ajar and they move toward it. Jack goes in first, followed by Sam and then Tilk and they come upon a boy. How did the first team miss this? I don't know. (laughs) Like, even if they couldn't find the kid, this is an area where clearly somebody has been living. And I don't understand if they were doing any level of exploration before how they could have missed this room. Maybe they couldn't get past the light. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Jack says hi, introduces himself, kind of talking because the kid is just kind of staring there in fear. He finally spits out his name, Lauren. Jack wants to know if anyone else is there with him. He says his parents are. But then when Jack asks if he can talk to them, he says, no, they're not here. (laughs) So, in fact, the child is alone. (laughs) Yep. He's not a super young kid. No, he's not. He's what? Like like, mid to late teens, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But still, probably shouldn't be living on his own here. No. Jack comments about the people who were there before him, SG-5. And Lauren's like, I was hiding. And Jack compliments him on his hiding skills. (laughs) Peekaboo. 
and he lets them know that the people who were there got really sick so they're trying to figure out what's going on and asks lauren if he knows he shakes his head and jack's like cool well we're gonna have a look around come along with us at that point sam radios that general hammond would like to talk to him over the stargate radio so they go ahead kid follows yeah yeah and he's very disturbed by the disembodied voice that is coming out of the malp because he's looking everywhere for Hammond and not seeing a person. <laughs> they explain to him how this radio is working and he seems pretty excited at that point. And he's waving in the camera, talking to Hammond. They give Hammond an update that they've made a new friend, but they don't really know anything yet. They're still trying to explore and figure out what exactly is going on here that could have been causing the symptoms that Daniel is having. Unfortunately, Hammond has some additional bad news for Jack, and that bad news is that SG-5 are all dead. He does not elaborate on how, but that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know what is going on with Daniel Jackson, and Hammond tells them that Fraser's doing everything that she can for him, but he has fallen into a coma and they are not sure if he's ever going to wake up again. Yikes. So that adds a bit of urgency to the situation to try to figure out what caused this in order to save Daniel. Yeah. Conveniently, all of SG-5 dies first. Yes. And not Daniel first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even though he was there with SG-5, <laughs> conveniently, he's still hanging in there yeah yep jack comes back from the planet to bring dr fraser some samples of things including i guess some sort of blood sample from the kid maybe there's the juice i guess yeah <laughs> jack asks how daniel's doing no change and then that's the end of that scene <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Would you like to keep going? <laughs> sure. Back on the planet. Sam's doing some work, but she keeps glancing at the light. And then she walks back over to uh, stare at it. And stare and stare and stare. I like to just stare yeah. at lights. <sighs> and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's that scene, too. <laughs> that is. Short scenes. Yeah. Elsewhere in the palace, Tilk is hanging out with Lauren. Lauren shows him a picture of himself with his mother and father. He's a lot younger in that picture, which was making me wonder how long he's been alone here. We don't really get an answer to that, but it is implied that it's been quite a while, probably a number of years. Yeah. Spoiler alert, his parents are dead, which I'm sure everyone's <laughs> figured out by now. <laughs> Turns out that they were explorers. They came here. He does talk about his parents in the past tense here, which does make it a little bit obvious that even though he hasn't come out and said that they're dead, that they are not around anymore, even though he's still kind of trying to pass it off that they're around somewhere. Yeah. Tilk asks if Lauren has any kind of explanation for what might be happening with their friend. He keeps saying that he doesn't, but he does have something that he wants to show Tilk, and it's just a toy ray gun. Tilk is very alarmed and pulls his Zat gun on the kid until Lauren reassures him that it's not real. They randomly get off onto a conversation about birthdays because this was a birthday present to Lauren from his dad. Tilk says that they don't celebrate birthdays on his planet. And that fact is sad to Lauren. 
because there's no presents if you have no birthdays. He asks Tilk how old he is, and we finally get a definitive answer, because that's been ambiguous this whole time. Tilk is 101 years of age, and he is going to be 102 in 47 days. One, two, three, four! Happy, happy birthday! So Lauren insists that Tilk keep this toy as a birthday present, and Tilk seems kind of delighted by that. <laughs> it's your birthday! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently has never had a birthday present, and he seems to like that idea. Yeah. I like teal bonding with random children. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the SGC, Jack has gone to see Daniel in his continued state of unconsciousness. He walks over to the end of Daniel's bed and picks up his chart, which I thought he was going to look at it, but no, he slams it down. Yeah. And then puts his face in his hands, and he is not having a good time. Suddenly, he's, like, lashing out at Dr. Frazier when she asks if he's okay. He's like, what kind of dumbass question is that? So, he's not doing too well. Nope. Yep. He does some more slamming. He does some more rubbing of his face in his hand. And Dr. Frazier threatens to have him removed if he doesn't calm down. This raised the alarms for Dr. Frazier, and she's like, I'd like to check your dopamine levels. And Jack's like, this is happening to me, huh? Again, not a thing you can actually do. (laughs) Well, they're going to go do it anyway. Not checking the dopamine levels of someone's brains anyway. (laughs) I guess you could check some circulating in the blood, but, you know, again, it's not going to tell you what's in their brain. Yeah. Well, whatever they've done, (laughs) they're going to go do it, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Hammond comes in and says that the blood work is confirming that Jack is suffering from depression. And unfortunately, no, it would be great if we had a definitive test for depression, but we do not have any test that would do that. Where is that? Well, she says she wants to recheck his dopamine levels. But then later on, she says that after you've returned from the planet, neural activity begins to decrease and depression results. Blood work confirms it. Oh, okay. Hammond asks if the boy has the same or has any immunity that would give him an advantage. But Fraser says, nope, his blood work is the same as everyone else's that's coming back from the planet. And they all actually seem to be experiencing some sort of a narcotic withdrawal here once they come back to Earth from that planet. Jack is not pleased to hear this as he's writhing around on a bed, very unhappy at the moment. He asks Fraser, you mean I'm addicted to this place? And Fraser's pretty much like, uh, yeah, that's that's unfortunately how it would seem. You are addicted to it just like a narcotic. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Jack's like all those years of saying no. Hammond tells Jack that they tried to recall Carter and Tilk, but they're not responding. So Jack is going to have to basically suck it up i guess and go (laughs) daniel's monitor starts to beep and they say that his eeg is sporadic although the thing that they showed is definitely not an eeg (laughs) so everybody runs and they try to get him back to the planet before he dies they run him down the hall on his gurney they get to the gate room i did not understand why jack fireman carried him through the gate instead of taking the whole gurney through but that's what (laughs) happened (laughs) I don't know. They get to the palace on the other side. Jack, instead of doing CPR on Daniel, who has stopped breathing, just slaps him in the face instead. But apparently slapping him in the face is good enough because he starts (laughs) to come around. 
Yeah. <laughs> As he comes around, yeah. Jack is trying to call to Sam and Tilk, but he only gets Lauren, who informs him that they are hanging out at the light and won't come to see him. And that was that was it, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So Jack goes to find them because Lauren isn't allowed to go in there, so he can't go get them. That's that scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack goes in and tries to get Sam to pay attention. He shakes her and that kind of wakes her up and she's like, oh, you're back. And then Jack gets Tilk to wake up a little and he leads them out of the room. That's that scene. <laughs> yeah. Though they do ask how long he's been gone and it turns out that it was a few hours. Or is this the next scene? No, this is the next scene. Yeah. In the next scene, <laughs> we finally get one that's a little bit longer. Jack talks to Sam and Carter outside of the glowy light room. Sam and Carter? Yeah, Sam and Carter. Tilk and Carter. <laughs> and Lauren. Sam wants to know how long Jack was gone. He said it's been a few hours, but she doesn't believe that it could have been that long. And Jack's like, well, when you're high as fuck, <laughs> that's the first thing to go is your sense of time. He says that Hammond had been trying to contact them for quite a while, even. Tilk says that he didn't, but Lauren says, no, he totally did. It's just that Sam and Tilk were too out of it to even notice. Jack explains that Fraser thinks that they are addicted to something here and probably that light itself, even though Sam and Tilk are both skeptical about that. Jack accuses Lauren of being aware of that. Lauren says, nah, I didn't know. <laughs> but Jack figures that that's why Lauren's not allowed to go in there. Lauren's pretty insistent that the only reason he doesn't go into the light room is because his dad told him he can't because he's too young. Daniel is actually awake now. He's kind of huddled in the fetal position, but upright hugging his knees and rocking on the stairs so that's bad but he is conscious again and he is breathing yeah. but he is not in the room with the light so if it was just the light itself then it doesn't really make any sense that daniel would be recovering out here so there must be something else going on besides just the light that is causing these effects yeah jack is insistent that well whatever it is they're gonna go try to shut the light off first to see if that does anything yeah Sam and Jack are looking around the light room, trying to figure out where the off switch is. <laughs> Jack touches the light and gets a bit transfixed. Yes. Tilka revives him with a shout. He's like, damn, that thing's dangerous. And Sam thinks the control mechanism might be somewhere inside the pedestal. And maybe if they, they focus just on that, they'll be okay. Based on whatever who knows yeah. i guess they don't really have any other choice right i guess but what could go wrong with that plan yeah nothing <laughs> in the control room hammond calls through via the mouth and gets in touch with daniel hammond is very relieved to see that daniel's doing okay because he thought that they had lost him daniel's really confused he doesn't really have a whole lot of recollection of anything that happened other than he was yelling at Hammond. So he does apologize for that. <laughs> and Hammond's like, that's all right. <laughs> Which made me laugh because, you know, he's used to being verbally abused by his subordinates. So he probably <laughs> thought nothing of it. 
Daniel requests his glasses and some extra supplies since they're apparently not going to be able to go anywhere for a while until they get this thing figured out. So Hammond is going to go ahead and send all that stuff that he has asked for. And his little handheld computer. Oh, and yeah, most importantly, he wants that little remote computer thing that they couldn't figure out how to work before. Yeah. Daniel then heads into the light room to tell them something, but walks in on all of them, <laughs> mesmerized by the light. Daniel holds that computer thingy and pushes a button or something, and the light turns off. Yes. <gasps> Sam wants to know how. He's like remote control. And he tells Jack that he was right. It did need its batteries charged in some way it had to be on the planet just like them apparently in order to survive yeah yeah jack asks how long they were standing there daniel says he's not sure enough time that hammond sent some supplies through and lauren and daniel figured out how to translate the writing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so a while while. (laughs) (laughs) daniel has been able to figure out that the gould used this place as a sort of opium den cool yeah um but since they had hagfish their minds were uh not destroyed when they left unlike the humans teal yes. surmises then he'll probably be able to leave <laughs> lucky bugs as usual teal gets yeah. to do something yeah gets to be special Sam wants to know if Daniel just turned it off. Why is she not feeling depressed? I would point out they just turned it off, but... Right. Yeah. yeah. And it has taken a while for them to... Yeah. For the symptoms to kick in. So I thought yeah. that was weird, too, that she was like, why? But then Teal'c was like, yes, perhaps it will take some time to feel yeah. the effects. So, yeah. Okay, Sam. That was silly. That was silly. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jack says they should take advantage of the time they have before they go crazy to do something. So they head back to the gate room. And Jack asks Lauren where his parents are again. And Lauren's like, far, far away. Jack's like, how far? Where'd they go? Which direction? Kid doesn't answer. So Jack turns to the rest of the group and is like, this kid's hiding something. Obviously. And, yeah, they're going to go try to figure out what that is. Yep. Outside, they are walking down a beach. It's a really cool beach with a lot of big statues. They're kind of like Sphinx statues, but instead of human faces, they've got like a, like an Osiris kind of eagle face. But then there's humans standing on the legs of these Sphinxes. They were very cool. lined up along the beach. It's cool looking. Yeah. I want to go there. Right? Me too. Um, but without the weird effects that Jack and Sam are having here yeah. where they're starting to get all up on on each other's case for, <laughs> I don't know, they're yeah. arguing about MacGuffin stuff. It doesn't matter. The point is that they're both st- suffering from withdrawal symptoms and that's why they're starting to argue. Teal'c calls to them because he's still doing fine. And he says that he thinks that he has found Lauren's parents. And unfortunately, what? we find is two skeletons that are kind of half buried. The water's taken away some of the sand that was probably covering over their bodies at one point. And there are rock cairns built by their heads. So it is obvious that they were buried here. And the only person that could have buried them here was the kid himself. So just yikes, terrible on many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Back inside, Daniel 
is still doing his whatever translating and whatnot. Lauren yeah. is showing Daniel the picture of his family, like he showed Tilk. Then he asks if he can take a picture of Daniel. So he does with a big flash. That's not really important, but <laughs> anyway, they're talking. Yeah. Yeah. When Sam, Jack, and Teal come back, and Jack says they're going through withdrawal, Daniel says he felt fine this whole time while they were gone, and Sam's like, well, I'm already starting to feel myself again, too. Sam thinks, says that something other than the light must be affecting them, and Teal agrees, and they must stay in close proximity. Daniel's like, cool, so we're stuck literally in this building. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. They go back to the light room. The light is still off and they're just looking at the pedestal that just kind of almost looks like a fountain. But yeah. it is not as fun to look at with the lights off, no. Jack says. <laughs> and none of them really feel any compulsion to remain in that particular room. So whatever it was that was affecting them was not the light specifically and wasn't necessarily specific to that room. They kind of figure at this point that it must have just been that the light was meant to give them something fun to watch while they were high. Like a lava lamp. <laughs> exactly, like a lava lamp. <laughs> but wasn't necessarily causing the issues because they clearly still need to stay in this building. So there must be some kind of hidden device somewhere that's emitting something that is causing these effects. They're still trying to figure out why Lauren doesn't seem to be as affected as everyone else. Sam figures that maybe it only affects adult physiology. But then Jack says, well, no, because Fraser says that now he's as addicted as we are. So sucks to be Lauren then yeah. also. Lauren says something about when his parents get back, they can talk to him. And yeah, this poor kid is like seriously in <laughs> denial about what happened to his parents because yeah. clearly he knows that they are dead, but he's coping with the situation by like pretending that they're still alive it's awful yeah and jack yells at him that he knows his parents aren't coming back and lauren looks like he's about to cry as he tries to argue that his parents are going to come back but when jack continues to press the issue and says that he is pretty sure that lauren knows how to turn the thing off show him how to turn the thing off lauren pushes some button and it exposes some extra controls or something and then he runs away Jack tells Sam to figure out how to make the thing work as he goes after Lauren to see if he's okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lauren went back to his living space and Jack comes in and says he's sorry and sits down next to him and is like, nice picture, your parents. And Lauren's like, I killed them. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse <sighs> yeah. and worse. Yeah. He explains that his parents were as transfixed by the light as SG-1 and SG-5. He wasn't affected by it. Again, his father told him it was because it's, he's too young. But they still wouldn't allow him in the room. And he begged them to stop. And they wouldn't stop. They just asked to bring them things. But then he decided to stop doing that to drive his parents out. He said it took them days before their hunger was stronger than the light. 
Yeah. The Ugh. poor kid just wanted to go home and was just trying to yeah. convince his parents to leave the room so they could all go home. So they did leave the room to find food and find Lauren. And then he took that opportunity to sneak into the light room and turn the whole device off. And then they went through massive withdrawal screaming ran outside they went into the ocean and just kept going until the next day their bodies washed up on shore is real terrible right just so awful (laughs) and jack's like it's not your fault and tries to comfort the kid (laughs) jesus just yeah Yeah. Uh, this was a rough episode it was really awful elsewhere In the light room. Let's go back to that place. Yeah. Daniel and Carter and Teal are trying to figure out what is going on. They have figured out a way to turn it off. Lauren is with Jack when they come back, so he is very alarmed because he doesn't want them to die the way that his parents did. But Sam has already figured out that they can't just shut it off cold turkey because of the withdrawal effects that it's been causing. So they've turned it down. They haven't turned it off. They, well, they figured out how to turn it off, but I guess they probably turned it back on. In any case, it is now at a lower setting than it had been before. And they figure that after a couple of weeks hanging out here, gradually lowering the settings on this thing, that they will be able to break their addiction with minimal withdrawal. Since Tilk is able to get away from this thing without the withdrawal symptoms, he's going to head back to Earth and tell them all what's going on here. And so everybody else is going to hang out here and get a kind of vacation. I guess so. I guess. Woohoo! Yeah. And Lauren is sad because he thinks that everyone's going to leave him and asks if he can go with them. And Jack's like, of course, do you like ice cream? And Lauren wants to know what ice cream is. And then I was also wondering if Lauren's going to get a puppy. I was wondering that, too. I was also like... What, Jack? Just ice cream? You're the first kid got a dog. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, ice cream is great, but if given the choice between ice cream or a puppy, I want the puppy. Right. And then also, hopefully, the ice cream as well. Exactly. Yeah. And so, that was the end of this terrible, terrible episode. Yeah. Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> did you like this episode? I don't um, know why I'm bothering to ask. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to actually say I didn't dislike it, but it was extremely okay. upsetting. I can't say I liked it, but it was a very upsetting episode. And I think in the past when I've watched it, I was perhaps not as feeling terrible as I have been lately. So it's been extra. Mm -hmm. It was extra too terrible today to watch this. And yeah, I'm not sorry we're done with it. (laughs) Yeah. Just for funsies, I looked up the kid. He stopped acting in like 2008. Hadn't really done a lot, just in case you're curious. The guy who played the guy at the beginning, Barber, Mm -hmm. he still acts. I have no fun, interesting other facts about them, but I was just curious after, you know, last episode checking on the last child actor. I was like, let me go look this up. So anyway, I didn't hate it, but I it was not my cup of tea. Yeah. How about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was kind of interesting to me because the last time I watched this series, I think it was long enough ago that I had not yet dealt with the issues I have had with someone very close to me trying to kill themselves. Thankfully, they were not successful in it. But now that I have been through that, it was really hard for me to watch this episode, more so than I had expected it to be even. So I 
did not like it. It was very anxiety inducing to me. Thankfully, I have good coping mechanisms to deal with that. So like I said, I'm, I'm feeling fine now, but I did almost turn it off and ask Jeff to like take my yeah. place for the episode. So I did manage to kind of power my way through the rest of the episode, but do not recommend this episode. No, no. Yep. Watch, watch something else. Or if you're going to watch it, follow it up with Lower Decks or Better Off Ted or uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because just to just to give you some enjoyment You'll, in life you, again. You will need a palate cleanser yes. of some sort after this episode <laughs> for sure if you decide to watch it. If you, I mean, I'm sure people have already seen it, yeah. but you know, if you're rewatching yeah. with us as we go, <laughs> this is like Colin and I. What Colin and I were what, going through a watch through of Buffy, and season five is a real downer. If anyone yeah. has ever watched it, and we. I am familiar with that season, even not yeah. as a Buffy person. I know why that season's a downer. Yeah. And so we were just like, oh, God, we need something fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and in that case, we actually watched Soap, which is a show from, what, the late 70s, early 80s? I don't think I've seen that. It's very funny. Billy Crystal is in it. Um, yeah. Richard Mulligan. Um, I think I've heard of it. It sounds familiar, yeah, it's, I haven't seen it. It's like, you know, it's... <sighs> It's like it's supposedly soap opera ish, but it's also like clearly a comedy. Yeah. Like one of the plot points is a character dies and he's like dies in the shower, but he's like been shot and a brick has been thrown at him and all these other ways. <laughs> and so like there's a whole plot about who killed him and how and like, but it's very silly. It's yeah. And Richard Mulligan is just brilliant. He's just such a great like physical comedic actor like or was. I don't think he's alive anymore, but Anyway, yeah, nice. I do Is it streaming on anything? I that's a good question. I think we had it on the DVDs at the time. Let me see. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of funny murders, yes, because <laughs> that's the thing. You can also go watch Clue, which is an amazing yes. movie. I love that movie. Yes. Everything all right? Yep, two corpses. Everything's fine. Damn yeah. it! If you put soap streaming into the internet, it's like here are all these soap operas, and I'm like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for a very specific thing. This random website, oh, it's not random, it's tvguide.com, says it's four seasons are free on Tubi, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that one. But yeah, it's it's a very funny show. Highly recommend it. It's also a good palate cleanser. It's obviously a little bit dated because, you know, yep. that was, what, 40 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Billy Crystal, in fact, plays a gay character on there. That oh. is like it's wow. a it's a he's a serious character. It's not like a like make fun of him. Like, yeah, kind of that's thing. surprising yeah. for the time period. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people make jokes about him because it was also this 80s. But of course. Yeah, <sighs> of course. Anyway, but what yeah. is up next? Please tell me it's something better because this is like three episodes in a row now, yeah. I think, that I haven't liked. All right. The next episode is season four, episode 19, Prodigy. Netflix says, during a visit to the Air Force Academy, Carter makes the acquaintance of Jennifer Haley, a promising young cadet with a rebellious streak. The booklet says, Carter takes a brilliant young cadet under her wing on a mission to a remote planet inhabited by unique electronic beings that resemble a swarm of fireflies. But when the creatures suddenly turn aggressive, SG-1 will need the cadets' brain power to help them escape with their lives. Huh. <laughs> I do remember this episode. I think I vaguely remember this episode. 
I think I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really remember for sure. <laughs> Maybe you will. Hopefully I'm wrong. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. If you bothered listening to today's episode. <laughs> if you didn't, can't blame you, nope. but you wouldn't know that I'm saying that because you didn't listen. Fair. If you haven't already done so, please make sure you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are very much appreciated as is word of mouth to help other people find this show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we do love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can contact us through our website at stargatesing.space. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. And if you're feeling generous, you can help support the show by joining us over at patreon.com slash stargatesing. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing, the end. The end. Woo! Yay! That was terrible. Yeah. I mean, not our recap, but the episode it itself was so... is just... Oh, just so awful. <laughs> it's so bad, too, because like the other like the other thing that sort of I guess I could have talked to them about this during the thing. Yeah. But I'll probably one of the thing anyway. is bothersome yeah. was is that suicide is it's treated so lightly in the context of the show. Like, obviously yeah. not. But like, it's such a heavy thing. And to use it, in a you know, as like this plot device, like it just feels bad. Like that guy yeah. could have just been in the infirmary and died right yeah and, and it's not the obviously it's not the first time that they've done that because the last time we yeah. had another addiction episode which again i'm going to totally leave all this in because i actually meant to talk about this too yeah. we didn't need another addiction episode we already got that with the sarcophagus episode yeah. but that's this is also another example of them using suicide as kind of a light plot device because you know the the chick in that episode was like yeah. trying to com commit suicide and then it was like totally fine all of a sudden yeah. and yeah so they do tend to do that and i hate that yeah 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 daniel yeah. too oh my god that yeah. scene though oh that scene was especially rough for me like oh i said because it was yeah. a person that like i mean yeah we make fun of daniel a lot but like it's a person that you kind of have a like parasocial oh, yeah, relationship yeah. with you care about them and to see him that depressed michael shanks did a great job yeah um in in that scene but he did such a good job that like i said i almost had to stop watching yeah, it yeah in fact because he just seemed so depressed and it was very hard to see yeah agreed yeah mm. <sighs> yeah all right on that note we um need to get together soon and drink beer yes. so i'm gonna hang this up so that you can leave your apartment to come and join us to drink beer i am <laughs>